Hello, and welcome to the Financial Emancipation Podcast. I'm your host, Malik Branch, and this is a daily podcast discussing the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. So today's topic we're going to discuss is the really interesting and more so necessary topic and tool of financial emancipation, and that is your budget. So there's no way to have a proper um, walk towards your financial emancipation without setting a budget. And people find budgets to be a little punitive. They find them to be just like something that holds you down, holds you back because budgets identify the resources clearly, which is one of the tenets to finding your financial emancipation. You have to write things down. And that's another part of, of achieving any goal. You have to write everything down. So you can't have your budget be abstract. You can't kind of have it in your head like, oh, I think I have about this. I think I make about this. I think I spend about this. And it's all in your head. It cannot be. There's no way that that can happen. So you need to write down a budget because a budget is not punishment. It is simply a plan. And you need a plan if if your intent is to walk towards your financial emancipation. So again, most people find budgets punitive because budgets have restrictions. And the part about that that I think is important to acknowledge is that budgets have, um, you create your budget. So a budget is a reflection of your priorities. So you're, it can't be punitive because all it does is reflect what are your priorities. So, um, you know, your revenue, meaning the, much, the amount of money that you earn, that is a fact. And that is this, like a fixed thing for as long as it is fixed, it's fixed. And you have the ability to change that. But at the point where we're creating the budget, you start with your income. So your income is just, it's not your salary. It's just your net um, when you come, when you, what you bring home every two weeks, week, month, however often you get paid. So that is what you would put into the first um, part of the budget that is your income. And so how often do you earn that? And so if you're doing a monthly budget, which I would suggest, you know, you're doing a monthly budget and you would say, okay, how much money do you bring in? Let's say you get paid every two weeks, you would put the sum total of what you get every two weeks, which would be your monthly income. And you would put that as your, as your income. That would probably go on the top. That's your income. And then everything else going on the bottom of that would be your expenses. The way you deal with your expenses in a budget is that you, you, so your income is a positive, your expenses you put into a spreadsheet as a negative. So every, every expense is a negative. And so you start with all of your required expenses, which is your rent um, and everything from there on. So your living expenses and everything from there on, you put on there until you get down to all the expenses that you have per month that are fixed. Um, and then so those ones you can't necessarily budget at this point, meaning you can't create how much you're going to pay for your rent. Your rent is your rent. So you have to put those numbers in that are fixed. So that's why you start with the fixed numbers because there's no flexibility there. So fixed numbers are something like, again, like your rent, a car note, and it's possibly a student loan payment because again, it's fixed. Everything else can be flexible, right? So even the fact that you do have to pay your light bill every month, the light bill can change. It doesn't have to be that amount every month. So when you have your your fixed items, you would just you would lock those in every month at that rate. On the flexible items, you either would budget for them. So your rent, your light and your gas, you would estimate how much they are every month, 
how much you, you know, will spend on them. You estimate that and you put that into your, your, um, your budget still as a negative underneath as you're kind of trying to get it, you're trying to add it up against your income to see how much you'll have at the end of the month. You also have in your budget, you should always have savings. That should be also a fixed number. You put your savings in there. But on your items like light and gas that can be flexible, you'll have to input those as an estimate and then adjust those monthly. Then there are the things where you can control how much you spend on it, where they're not fixed items. So you can say your food budget is X. Your, you know, your entertainment budget is X. You decide those numbers. So those are the numbers in your budget for which you have more, much more flexibility beyond the flexibility of a light or a gas bill that may fluctuate. You have the flexibility of deciding how much you will spend on food how much you will spend on entertainment. These are things that you can decide. And because you can decide them, you get get the ability to make your budget work on the backs of things like that. And so you could say, so if if you've gotten to this point in your budget where you've had your fixed items, your rent and your car note and car insurance things that are fixed, and then you've gotten to your kind of flexible fix, that's what I call light, gas and cable, things like that those are things that it's harder to make adjustments on. You can make adjustments on the flexible fixes, like you can change your plan on your cable or things like that. But once you get down to the total flexibles, which are things that you have the control over, there's where you can make adjustments. So you can say, I know I usually spend, you know, I usually spend $300 a month on on this. I'm going to now try to spend 250 and get that savings someplace. So that's the way you can balance your budget on the back of that. And so, that's how you would set up the budget with these items there and how you populate the budget. Again, as I discussed, the fixed items, the flexible fixes, and then the total flexibles has to do with a start with the fact that you're going to have to do a little research before you can actually create a budget. So anytime I work with someone new, I tell them three months of bank statements and three months of pay stubs and three months of any I guess credit cards or anything that you use, any type of way you spend, you need to look at that for three months and you need to analyze it. You need to see where your money is going because in order to create a budget, some of these things are going to have to be based on what you've already done. Um, and, and so you want to, you need that reflective look at three months so you can see where you are and how much you're spending. You will be surprised by some of the things that you're spending. Um, and how much money you're spending on certain things. But it's important to know that because if you create a budget that's unrealistic to the way in which you've been spending, you're more than likely not gonna stick to it. So do the research before, populate the budget, and now you have your budget set up. You have it, you see what the net is, you see how much money you should have. Now, here's a key to making a budget. And I want everyone to listen to this clearly. When you are finished with your budget, there should be nothing at the end. You should have no leftover money at the end you hear me every single dollar you have that you bring in should be accounted for it should be put somewhere it should be spent on something or placed somewhere so if you get to the end of your bills at the end of the month and you have fifty dollars like leftover for the month after you've paid all your bills done your food shopping groceries i'm you know sorry groceries you've done all of that stuff and you still have fifty dollars left over that fifty dollars should be then allocated to savings so savings is how you balance your budget. So once you've spent everything that you that you can see that you need to spend, you don't want to be left over with extra. You, that money should then be put to the the savings line and you should be saving more. Never leave a budget where it's like once you get to the net and there's any number, every dollar should be accounted for, have a place and, and be somewhere. That way you're focusing on making sure that your money 
is all being accounted for and has a proper place. That way you won't spend it someplace else. So if every, it's almost as if, if you think about a budget on paper and on a spreadsheet, as if you had envelopes full of cash. If every envelope that you had has a name on it, has a you know place to go on it, um, and, and it's sealed, you're gonna just go ahead and take each envelope and do what you need to do. You're not gonna start taking money out of one envelope, putting because now the envelopes with the system won't make any sense. You should really have that same type of thought process as it processes as it relates to your budget that you've set up. If you haven't or you don't use Excel as part of work or if you're not familiar with it, online you can take a really basic Excel class. Um, it's like, you know, it could take you like an hour. It's really worth it because learning to utilize the basics of Excel, I'm not saying you should be doing pivot tables or anything like that, but learning to use the basics of Excel will help you with budgeting because Excel does all the math for you. So it doesn't have to rely on you doing any type of math, especially for the reason that most people who tell me they're not good at budgeting is because they're not good at math. And so that's not a good excuse because Excel does the math for you. So recognizing and understanding that a budget is not punishment, it's a plan, is essential to how you'll start beginning your financial freedom. Budgeting puts parameters around your spending. It allocates all of your money to a certain place. It demonstrates a level of responsibility and a level of, of understanding of your money and your finances. And it makes it so that you are you are demonstrating your seriousness about how you want to manage your finances. And that is important because when you are looking to find savings, when you are looking to to cut some things, when you are looking to increase some things, you need it on paper because when you do it in theory, it doesn't work. And that's how you kind of like catch yourself like, oops, I overspent, I overdid this. If you have a budget and you're following a budget and you're sticking to it, overspending is very hard. Because you already, it's constantly in your mind, it's constantly, constantly in your brain. And I will say that as a couple, if you're, if you're a person who's part of a couple, you should not be doing bills without the other person. You should be sitting with that person. You guys should be looking at your spreadsheet, doing the budget, paying the bills together. It's really important because you one, no one person who's contributing to a household should be, abdic- should be able to abdicate their responsibility to the finances of home. I don't care who's better at finances, even if the person just sits back and watches you do it. No one person should be able to throw their hands up and not pay attention to their finances. It is not something that will lead to responsible finance, financial actions. And so again, even if you're the person who's managing the finances, that's okay. The budget should be something that's shared between the two of you. And um, to kind of give a preview to a, a future podcast, if you have children who are of teenage years, they should be part of it too. And I know everyone's really anxious to hide money from, from children, but when children see a budget, they learn to demonstrate self-control. So when you tell them no, it doesn't feel like no as in the sense of no, I can't, I don't want to. If they have an understanding of the budget, it's no, we can't this month, but maybe we can do next month or we'll budget for it next month. We can't do that because we didn't budget and we didn't plan for it. It teaches young people a demonstration of responsibility and responsible spending. So the budget is not only, the budget is not punishment. The budget is also not um, painful in the sense of something that should be looked at as a negative. The budget is a plan and it is something to keep you and hopefully your entire family on track with your spending so that the things that you do want to have, you have access to because you plan for them rather than kind of just like everything being jumbled up. 
your finances are not the boogeyman. Don't let them control you in this way in which you run from them, you chase for them, you do little things, you have all these little games you play. It doesn't make any sense because you control your finances. So when you act that way and you treat your finances as if they control you, you're relinquishing the power you have to be in charge of your own personal uh, financial freedom. Why are, you rel- why are you giving up that power to the money? Create a budget, which is a plan. Adjust the budget, which again is a plan, accordingly. It's not as if when you create a budget, you're just stuck with it forever. It is a flexible document. It can change as necessary, but it needs to be there. And it needs to be constantly looked at, constantly touched back on, just so that you can be prepared, um, ready, aware of the changes that may need to be made so that you can continue to stay on budget. And you can see when your budget is going to be thrown off. You can see it. You don't have to just feel it. You know, you can know, listen, up, something came up this month that wasn't on the plan. Now, how are we going to deal with it? Oh, we're going to have to tap into the savings. Oh, we're going to have to do that. And you can sit with it and you make a conscious effort. Be conscious of your money. Be, be aware of your money. And that's one of the five ways to walk towards financial freedom. You have to track your money. Don't let your money float in the abstract. And don't think, do not think that you have the ability to manage your money in your head. Finances are too far too complicated and complex to think that it can be managed with simple math equations in your head. I promise you it cannot be. You need to write it down. You need to look at it. Be in charge of your money. Create a budget. Write it down. Track your expenses and begin the process of walking towards your financial emancipation. So if you haven't already done so, please head on over to Instagram and follow me at Financial Emancipation. Follow me on Facebook at Financial Emancipation and please join the Facebook group there. And if you have questions for me, feel free to send me an email at financialemancipation at gmail.com. I'm currently working on my website, which should be up and running in the next couple of weeks. And I'm really excited about that. And if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, please rate and review and subscribe and also share it with your friends, family, anyone who you think could be served by walking towards their financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Um, today we're trying out a little extra longer version. So we're going a little bit closer to 15 minutes and it's just a test to see how everything kind of flows. If we go a little bit, five more minutes. So just a test, let me know, send me an email, send me a message and give me some feedback on that. And also I hope you enjoyed our guest yesterday. I want to thank um, Shauna Fowler, who was our guest yesterday on the on the podcast, who discussed what you should do prior to meeting with a real estate professional. And she is a real estate professional. And I thank her for her insight and the information she was able to provide for those of you who are interested in home ownership, knowing what you need prior to meeting with a real estate professional so you can be ready to make that dream of home ownership come true. Um, thank you again for, for um, listening. And I hope you'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day.